0: it's me it's me it's the do the road dog jesse james and by my side as always is that ba double double crooked letter badass billy Gut. together we are the new age outlaws and you're listening to the voc nation and if you ain't down with that he's got two words
2: for you suck it
3: Wrestling with History, The Voice of Choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. Ken?
4: When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on, Chris? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? Almost as famous for for his Facebook trolling as he is from his wrestling years. General Adnan went to school with
3: Saddam
2: Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and... Who could
4: have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war.
5: Everybody loves Granny.
3: Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, still you guys
2: are busting me up. <laughs> and I don't think Hollywood's ready for Malcolm and but we'll wait and see. The bigger you are, the harder you
4: fall. This is Larry Zabisco, wrestling's living legend. VOC Nation Radio Worldwide.
3: VOC Nation Radio Network, this is Wrestling With History. We are worldwide, and we're live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time, 6.30 Pacific. The Voice of Choice, Bruce Wort, with killer Ken Resnick. And Ken, if people don't have a chance to listen live and interact with us, and I'll tell you how to do that in just a second, they can get the podcast. It drops every Thursday morning on any of your favorite podcast directories, I would hit subscribe because it's absolutely free and you'll never miss a VOC Nation Radio Network show. If you'd like to get in touch with Ken and I and get in on the action today, line up now because uh we uh we can help uh you know pace the show that way. We like when you call in early. It is six five seven three eight three sixteen sixty six six five seven three eight three. 1666 tweet us at Bruce VOC killer. Ken, how's your week since the last time we talked?
4: Uh, it, it's, it's been good. Uh, today was, a, was a little steamy. The, the heat index here in the twin cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul was a balmy 99 degrees, Woo. but Bruce, I, 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 I think we're going to have to change the open now.
3: Why? What do we, we, we have to get rid of Malcolm or we get rid of granny.
4: No, 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 just my sound bite because, you know, I was at the doctor the other day and I think finally after 25 years or so, one of those cheese omelets finally was able to be digested. So, you know, I might be just, it might be just, you know, about 1999 now.
3: They have to go in the hard way to get that that sucker out.
4: No, I, I just, you know, they're like Twinkies that, you know, uh, after a shelf life, uh, you, know, you know, with your digestive enzymes, after 25, 26, 28 years, they finally begin to digest.
3: Now, listen, Ken, while we're on that subject, uh, and by the <laughs> way, Ken is off to a great start. Shelly hasn't surpassed him yet in terms of T-shirt sales for the month of July. But, Ken, one of the suggestions by a great fan – out there in fan land here at VOC nation suggested that there Is a Ken Resnick shirt That talks about the cheese omelets I think that has become <laughs>
5: <that's> <laughs> become Kind of like
3: your thing And I can see that I see a Ken Resnick Shirt in the future with Cheese omelets in your stomach there we've got to do something with that Ken Because I think it's going to be a hit That's uh, requested by a, a fan I don't have the name off the top of my head But I think we should do well, it I,
4: what worries me more about that statement that a fan requested it or that you think it would be a hit. Both are very, very concerning.
3: Well, apparently Ken, uh, I only know how to do marketing when it comes to the telecommunications world, which is my, my other profession, because I totally have struck out with this political bullshit crap idea on, uh, on the shirt So we have this shirt Politics don't identify as red or blue Just be you I thought it would be a great seller For the 4th of July And it's the worst seller On the uh, the entire VOC Nation t-shirt roster It has nothing on Killer Ken It can't even breed, beat Brady's ugly face For the in the room shirt So I I don't know If you want to take my advice For wrestling marketing I I, I don't know
4: Well, you know, I think the problem is, uh, Bruce, in in all seriousness, I think the concept of the the T-shirt was great. But the country right now, a certain percentage, it's baked in the cake, they're red. So they wouldn't want a shirt that says, don't be red, don't be blue. A certain percentage is baked in the cake blue. They wouldn't want a shirt that says, don't be blue, don't be red. And I think the majority of their country is so sick of it they don't want to think about it. So you know it's there, there's just no there's no audience to appeal to.
3: It's funny, I I won't get into specifics, but it it's I had a lot of people on both sides, so there was an ad campaign, a Twitter and Google ad campaign that ran for the T shirts and I had a ton of hate mail and some some they weren't quite death threats, but threatening bodily harm for me uh, from either of those sides. So I had some angry Republicans, Trump Trump fans, Trump supporters, and some angry Democrats that uh, both hated the idea that we shouldn't identify as a political party. So anyway, buy the shirt. It's out there if you want to buy it. If you don't, you don't have to harm me or my family. It, it's not anything. I mean, I don't think it's. It's a big deal. It's okay. Just calm down. (laughs) Ken, what we are going to do, and we're still building this, so I'm not going to finalize this today, but I do want to start getting this out there so that people can buy their shirts and start getting ready. We're going to run a contest, and the top prize is a $150 gift card. There's going to be other consolation prizes. We're going to run it through... The end of the year, Ken, and details are still being worked out. But what we want is when you buy your shirt, whichever show that you support, whether it's Wrestling With History and you support Ken and you buy the Ken shirt, we'll have another shirt for Wrestling With History. I think that's where we might try to weave in the cheese omelets. Who knows? Uh, uh, In the room, uh, retro, Shelly Live, whatever it is, if you buy a VOC Nation shirt, we want you to creatively – take a picture, and put it up on social media. And I got some emails and some messages that say, uh, you know, I don't have Twitter, or I don't have Facebook, or or one or the other. I would consider any option. The the best option is Twitter, because we do a lot of promotion through Twitter. And the whole idea for this contest is also to raise awareness for the network and build on the 75,000 listeners that we had last month. But if you can't do Twitter, I'm open to Facebook. I'm open to an email that I will tweet on your behalf. But it's so much better if you do it because then it's genuine and it's, it's from you. So I encourage you, even if you just create a Twitter account for this purpose, uh, take a picture of yourself in your favorite VOC Nation t-shirt. It has to be the new batch. Ratboy asked me if he could dig up a shirt that he had from uh, from yesteryear. And that's not allowed. That's disqualified so you have to buy one of the new shirts that we have take a picture and you can be in line and basically win all of your money back from buying the shirt five times over it's so easy ken and we will we'll pick a winner all of the voc nation hosts together will get together and we'll vote and we'll pick a winner and we might involve the fans in that but we'll have some fun you can win at least, uh, at least one winner. We'll get $150, and there's going to be other prizes. So that's it. And, Ken, what a, what, is, is, it, is, it, is there a lot different well, – how do I say this? Is there easier ways to win a, a decent amount of money? It's not going to make you rich, but it's 150 bucks. All you've got to do is take a picture.
4: Now, I need a point of clarification. This is a little behind the curtains, Vocation Nation business. Um, is it the contest goes through Labor Day, or you're saying till the end of the year?
3: Well, so here's the thing. We were going to do it uh, for just a month or two, and then you came to me, Ken, and you said, well, It takes a little while because of COVID, Pro Wrestling Tees takes a little while to get the the stuff shipped out. So my idea was we run it until at least Thanksgiving, and the prize would be like a holiday bonus. And whoever wins can use it to buy some presents. Maybe they buy some new shirts. But I think the longer we run it, the better it is for people to get creative. If they buy multiple shirts, Ken, they can have multiple chances to win. I think the longer that it goes, the better it is for people to have a chance to really win. And who knows? Maybe we add some really cool prizes. Maybe our sponsors will donate some prizes as well. So we get a chance to kind of do that. So that's what I'm thinking, and it could change. We'll, we promise to get the final rules and regulations out to the fans by next week.
4: Sounds good to me.
3: There you go. So, anyway, today, Ken, you know, we don't have a guest, and uh, when we don't have a guest, I like to, I like to just open it up for a discussion. We had a great patriotic wrestlers of all time. We had great interaction from the callers. So I want to do that today as well, if we can, at 657-383-1666. And what I want to talk about, and please, when you call in, stay on topic. What I want to talk about is why have the fans of yesteryear, whether that's the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, or even the early 2000s, the early part of this decade, a century, millennium, why have they alienated the current products? So not everybody has, and there's there's plenty of fans that embrace the current product that don't like the stuff that you and I identify with in the 80s. But why, if you did alienate the current the uh, current product, why did you do that? And what are some of the things that you liked about the product from in the past uh, versus today? And Ken, I, I guess I'll I'll start by saying for me it's all about reality and suspending disbelief. That's my biggest complaint with the current product is there's no suspension of disbelief. It's all out there and even though everybody kind of knew it was a work in the past, it wasn't it wasn't you still were able to lose yourself in the matches. Even the WWF product in the in the 80s, you, you know all the over the top characters, you could lose yourself in the matches. Hogan Savage felt like real heat, and to me, it's very difficult to do that today.
4: Well, you know, Bruce, I, I think you you hit a, a, a great point. Back in, in the you know eighties and nineties, when I was doing AWA, WWF, LPWA, AWF, we tried to establish, as you said the -the over-the-top characters. But when the matches came, we tried to base them in somewhat
2: reality.
4: And I think today's sports entertainment is almost 180 degrees from that in that they don't really have any more of the -the over-the-top characters But what they try to do in the matches is so over the top, as you articulated. It's just not believable. Uh, And and to me, you know, we we because of the years we were in wrestling, we have a tendency to you know not be all that appreciative or enthusiastic of today's product
2: and right.
4: I'm always one of the first ones to, to point out <clears throat> today's wrestlers in terms of athleticism uh, and physical fitness uh, are way advanced from what they were in the eighties and nineties. And sometimes we, we don't give the talent, enough credit for that. And we need to kind of remember that they're basically doing what, you know, talent relations is telling them they have to do. But to your point about suspending reality, my biggest pet peeve of sports entertainment wrestling today is you're almost hard pressed, Bruce, to find a match where someone doesn't dive off the top rope onto two or three wrestlers that are on the floor. I mean, that's right. you know a- almost uh, a-, a given in every single match. And you know, so many times you see the wrestlers on the floor before the wrestler even gets to the top, holding their hands out, waiting to catch him. Where in reality, if somebody's jumping at you, you know, from a height above you, the first thing you're going to do is move out of the way. (laughs) I mean, it's like, you know, it's the natural position. If you look up and see something falling or hurtling towards you, the natural reaction is move out of the way. But no, today they stand there and wait to catch
2: them.
3: Yeah, I. I so if, I, if if you want to compare and contrast, if you look back at February 5th, 1988, the main event, Hulk Hogan drops the title for the first time after a four-year run. And so there was an angle at the end. That, you, know, you had the double referee, the, you know, the twin Hebners, and Hogan picks up Earl and throws him out onto the million-dollar man, Andre the Giant, and Virgil. And they were standing there – kind of looking back. So the the way they wove it in and made it real was the Million Dollar Man, as they were leaving the ring, the, the trio, were looking back to see what was happening with those two referees. So it's not like – so in today's style, I think sometimes it's during the flow of a regular match and they're just kind of hanging out out there, looking up, waiting for a guy to come at them. So I remember in, in the 1988 angle, Hogan's got – Hebner up in the air, those guys outside there was there there was a stitch of whether or not wh- what's he going to do with Earl? you didn't know that he was just going to throw him outside uh, it, it was just different, and it was believable and to your point on the athleticism, yes, the wrestlers of today are far more athletic than they were back in the day, but every match now is about high spots, and hot shots. And I think what you could appreciate in those earlier matches, those the matches of yesteryear, where the fact that there were ground-and-pound matches, there were brawling matches, then there were high-flying matches, maybe not quite as extensive as today, but the high-flying kind of loses its luster when everything is is a flip fest and it's a, it's a Cirque show with a, with a staged fight. And I think that's, that's part of why it just doesn't appeal to me. It's all the same style really. And, and there's, there, people will attack me. There's, there's some nuances here and there, but for the most part, there's high spots on every show. It's not, there's nothing that is uh, really unique about many of the guys. And I think that's what hurts the product for me
4: you know tonight uh i i switched over for a minute uh like we talked about at the t-shirt at some point even trying to watch the news it, it just becomes like white noise you just you you can't sure. stomach it anymore um so i made a point of trying to switch over and Watch uh, some of the AEW.
3: Um,
4: I, I still, you know, as an announcer, I have a great appreciation for Jim Ross's call of a match. And they had My an eight man. T- Say what?
2: My God, damn it.
4: What oh, <laughs> I thought <laughs> there was some other problem. <laughs> That's what passed for your Jim Ross invitation. Okay. Uh, but they had an eight man tag in progress and you know I, the young bucks were there and a uh, kind of a lucha team that you know i knew a little about but i just want to watch a match for a few minutes uh you know listen to, to to jim and bruce it was high spot after high spot after high spot after high spot Tagging in, tagging out, tagging out, tagging in, you know, four or five guys in the ring, you know. And after about four or five minutes, it was like a movie that you think is going to be great, and the critics say it could have been such a good movie, but there were so many plot lines, you couldn't follow any of them, and none of them developed, and it was just a terrible film. And I'm watching this match, and after about four or five minutes, I just... I switched it off because there was no storyline. I mean, it was, you know, and again, the tremendous athleticism and effort by the wrestlers was off the chart. But there was nothing you couldn't, as a fan, get 10 seconds to invest in what was happening. And it was, so I finally just, you know, switched it off. Um, and and I think that's the, 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 the problem that a lot of fans have that old school fans, they were so used to, you know, forget, you know, building angles and everything else, but just in a match itself, the storyline and comeback and psychology would build within the match. And you know, even in some of those ground and pound matches you mentioned, it gave fans a chance to invest themselves into the match. And I think right. in some of the the matches, the, the, the effort, the athleticism, it, that time for fans to really invest, you know not in in the character, but just in the match itself it's it's just not there. and I think that's what maybe is turning off a lot of kind of old school fans to the the new product that it's you know it, it, it's like checkers and chess. Yes, they're both played on a board, but that's where the resemblance to the two games end. And yes, it's it's wrestling, and it's still in a ring, but that's pretty much where the resemblance from kind of old school to today ends. And you, you keep hoping that... Maybe there would be, you know, a little more of that tr- kind of built into today's matches. But, you know, at the same time, and and we've never really talked about this, and I, w- I was thinking about it, that maybe what we're seeing, especially now, is an offshoot of the fact There is no crowd there to become invested. So maybe they're thinking because this is strictly on TV, you know, we need it to be more of a Cirque du Soleil where, you know, viewers are just transfixed by the the high-risk, high-spots athleticism because there's no fans there. So why should we, you know, take the time and – like you said, in the old days, a ground-and-pound match in, in front of, you know, 15 or, or 50,000 people could be great. But I guess, in retrospect, a ground-and-pound match in front of nobody would be like watching paint dry. So, yeah, you know, maybe I, so I, that's part yeah. of it.
3: No, I, I agree with that. But I, I think it, it, this started long before COVID-19 really started to affect the shows. So I I don't know, Ken, I, I guess, you know, I would be okay with more gimmick matches and cinematic matches, the things that, you know, being creative without an audience, that's fine with me. But I think something you said earlier, and we'll get to your calls uh, after the the break. We're going to take a break in just a few minutes. And the the number six five seven three eight three sixteen sixty six. 657-383-1666. You can weigh in with your opinion. 657-383-1666. Got some comments online that we'll go through as well. But you mentioned back in the day there were many more gimmicks, but the storylines, the matches were more believable. And today – you know, you have no gimmicks, really, uh, or very few gimmicks, and even the the wrestlers who play the gimmicks, they're not living the gimmick. Like, back in, in the day, they lived their gimmick. Uh, we talked to Barry Darso a few weeks ago, and Barry Darso played a Russian character, and he lived that Russian character for the time that he was playing that. So did Nikita Koloff. Today, a wrestler that plays a gimmick is... You know they're themselves online on Twitter, so it's like they're they're playing, Alistair Black, and I'm just using an example, so don't don't attack me, you wrestling fans, you crazy fans. Uh, Alistair Black is Alistair Black on TV, and then on Twitter he's sharing pictures of his kids and his wife. I mean that's I think what what hurts the product because you can't. I think what got people excited about the Monday Night Wars is. The thrill of anything can happen any week. You don't know what's going to happen, and is it real? Do these two companies really hate each other, and are they really sending talent across the enemy lines to to attack the other product? And that was just a way to suspend disbelief. And you can't do that now. It's just not, not there. There's nothing. There's nothing that... That happens that way, and I think for me, that's where it's lost. And I mean, I really, we do this show, Ken, so I, I follow the current product just enough to be able to talk intelligently here with you. But I, I just, I haven't been invested in years, really, uh, probably since uh, maybe CM Punk
4: left. Well, and you're right. You know, back in the day, even as you alluded to, everybody pretty much knew it was a work, but unless you were on the inside, there was always that, you know, maybe two to five percent doubt in the back of your mind. You know, it it, it was there, uh, this can't be real, can it? I mean, there, there was just that, that lingering doubt, which allowed you To if you were you know watching on TV or going to a house show allowed you to believe, and the other thing that the problem with today almost needing to be an instant gratification, where back in the day you would begin you know building storylines for months before it came to a crescendo. Um, like again, you know, because, uh, you know, I was very proud when I was with WWF and it's now WWE and, you know, I try and watch and, and, stay abreast. Um, so, you know, they, they have the, you know, the split, the two shows, the raw, the SmackDown, everybody's got the different championships. So like there's 4,000 titles now, but you know, yeah. about two weeks ago, uh, Dolph Ziegler, they moved from SmackDown to, to raw. And, like, immediately he's now got a championship shot. And you're going, like, huh? I mean, it's like this ice cold, you know, storyline is now, whoa, that's our angle. He's got a title shot. And, I mean, it's, you kind of go, uh, yeah, okay. So, I mean, even the in the old days, if you worked your way up and got, you know, a, a title shot on the house shows or a, a pay-per-view. You, it there was something behind that title shot. And right. now it's like, okay, boom, this is uh, you know, the uh it's like there's a pay-per-view now about every 2-3 weeks. Uh next pay-per-view uh okay, uh Dolph Ziggler just came over, so you're going to wrestle Drew McIntyre for the title. And as a fan, you kind of go, okay, but what does that mean? And it's just, it's, it's hard, I think, for today's fan, even if they weren't an old school fan, you still want a reason to get excited about a match you're going to see and sometimes they they don't give you anything to get excited about for that match and that kind of just mystifies me
3: yeah i think you know you mentioned how there's that you know there's so much tv and there's there's almost instant gratification now and it's hard to build the long term storylines but i just look back and and you know it's hard to believe it was 20 years ago but back when stone cold steve austin that character was being built you had weekly episodic television happening back then raw was on it was live at least every other week back then and then eventually every week but During the build of Steve Austin, granted, you didn't have SmackDown, but you had, I think, the syndicated shows might have still been running. You had some other programming. But the the Stone Cold Steve Austin build to the championship happened over a year-long period. And he started with the Intercontinental Belt, and that feud with McMahon started to bubble up and, and simmer and then boil. And they did it over a long period of time, and it was little things here and there and it was done very well now it's everything builds to that month's pay-per-view and essentially the angles finished and you're off to whatever's going to build to the next you know event on the WWE network and i, I don't think that i don't think that it's impossible in today's in today's uh yeah, uh, whatever factors. I don't think it's impossible with today's TV to do long-term bills. AEW does a little bit of that, not nearly as much as they did 20 years ago. And and I get it, times change, but I still think you can stretch it out beyond the next pay-per-view or the next whatever you call it on the the event on the WWE network. They could do a little bit better than they're doing with this every week. Things kind of change, and the the most you get is a month long story. How do you invest in something over just a month? I mean, even TV shows can draw things out for a full season.
4: Well, I mean, exactly. Uh,
3: and and they're supposed to have Hollywood writers, right? Isn't that what these people are supposed <laughs> to be experts in doing?
4: Uh, that's hey. kind of always been my. And I know we need to, to get our top of the hour break in, but that's kind of I've always been a, a little bone of contention. Is that there's Hollywood writers and not wrestling writers?
3: Yeah, well, we could debate that. That that'll take up an entire show sometime, Ken. Uh we're going to go into the break Six five seven three eight three sixteen sixty six. got a couple calls on hold got a bunch of comments that uh, we'll read on the other side of the break but real quick next week we got a very special show tell us about our guest
4: uh we are going to be joined next week uh, boy you talk about someone that that's outspoken but that has every right to be uh the great the legendary uh Malia Hosaka who has been actively wrestling 30 years uh, current women's champion, travels all over the country, uh, has seen it all, done it all, and uh, we'll talk about it all next week. So really, really excited that uh, Malia has agreed to, to join us next Wednesday night. And I think uh, her insights into the business, how the business has changed uh, from starting off in professional wrestling, now to where a women's match has has main evented WrestleMania. I I think she'll just be an absolute uh, treasure to talk to.
3: Very excited about it. And she goes back uh, to the NWA, which which is around again, but the NWA is a very storied professional wrestling brand. So that's uh, next week. So make sure that you set your reminder. Don't miss that right here on Wrestling With History, six five seven three three sixteen sixty six Back on the other side with your calls and more, this is VOC Nation's Wrestling With History worldwide in the VOC Nation radio network.
4: This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation worldwide.
6: VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer, The Maestro, former Impact performer, Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor, Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality, Bruce Work. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Work, streaming live, on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and In the Room. Featuring pro wrestling illustrator's Brady Hicks and WCW alum, The Maestro, both shows take callers live during the show. And recent guests have included General Adnan, Nito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Mick Foley, Joey Stiles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOCNation.
1: Whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation radio network.
4: The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation radio network.
3: VOC Nation radio network wrestling with history. And if you're listening to the podcast, check us out live sometime on a Wednesday night, 930 Eastern Time Ken and I take your calls, and I've uh, got a couple calls on the board. We'll get to you in just a second at 657-383-1666. Ken, uh, we're, uh, we're past the month of June, and we're into uh, – this is our second show in July. But in the month of June, we had uh, just about 75,000, actually, uh, that's just plays uh, – I'm looking for the total number. But it was over 75,000 total listeners crossed uh, into VOC Nation land. And uh, I, I know that opening bumper lists the two of us as uh, the top two shows. I think it's In the Room and Wrestling with History. Well, we uh, we were surpassed, Ken. Shelly Martinez came to the network in the month of June – and she's, uh, she's always got a lot to say. So she torched us. She's, she's now in second place. So we need our fans to spread the word and get us some new fans. And, and by the way, if you listen to Shelly, there's no reason you can't listen to us, too. Come on. we gotta, we got to take the lead. We gotta. Ken, you're still the top-selling T-shirt. So even if we're not the highest-rated or the second-highest-rated show here anymore, uh, we still have the shirt going for us. And that's where, that I mean, that's money. That's, where, that's what matters.
4: Uh, although I'm a little concerned because I, I think I'm safe in saying that amongst wrestling fans, there's probably a slight edge more towards males than females. And, I mean, if I was a guy and I would have had a choice of buying my shirt or Shelly's shirt, I'd be in trouble.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the uh, things
4: – uh, Seriously, uh, I'm really beginning to to have some some genuine concerns about the wrestling, professional wrestling industry, as this COVID nineteen virus you know rages on. Uh, I I mean, basically, almost all the independents are 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 shut down, Uh, and you know baseball has acknowledged they've canceled all, there is no minor league season anywhere. Um, And they have acknowledged they're worried about losing their fan base in, you know, non-major league markets where they would just go and watch, you know, whether it's class A or double A or triple A, they were still invested, you know, into the sport. And I'm wondering if that, might start happening more in terms of television viewers of wrestling because the, you know, the independence where they would get a chance to to see granted not WWE or AEW or, or impact, but still get a chance to see wrestling, you know, up close in their town, you know, seeing it in person, then wanting to see some of the huge stars on TV. I'm worried that they may start losing interest And, you know, I think it's going to happen more. I mean, I was pretty shocked today when Stanford, you know, one of the highest endowed, you know, top five colleges in the country, announced they were cutting 11 sports, including Hmm. wrestling. You know, and they're a Pac-12 wrestling power. Wrestling is very big in the Pac-12, and they just said, "No, no more wrestling here. And and I'm wondering more and more if that's going to start happening in in other schools. And, you know, that's where a lot of today's stars, uh, you know, got their start in in high school and and we're pretty good college wrestlers. Uh, So, you know,
3: I, I, I was just going to say, I think, now with the way that the shows are going, you almost want to get your start in Cirque du Soleil,
4: which which just went <laughs> bankrupt, by the way. So I think yeah, so there, there, there you go. There's another training ground shot. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Here's some comments uh, that we got online. Josh damage says not a fan of AEW and I can't bring myself to watch the empty arena shows. And I got to agree, Ken, it's very hard for me to watch the empty arena. I think for me, the, the audience reaction was, was the best thing, or one of the best things about some of the matches. Yeah. I mean, I look back to that Hogan rock match at WrestleMania 18 and without the crowd, can you imagine if that happened in an empty arena? Hogan's entire legacy would be, would be gone without, without fans.
4: Well, I think most of them would. And, and I, I certainly agree with them tonight. Uh, like I said, I got it tuned out of AEW. So I switched over to ESPN for a minute because they had the first MLS game. I mean, two teams that, you know, I didn't care about. It was Orlando and I think Miami, um, but with no crowd, I mean, even the players' energy level just just wasn't there, yeah. um, you know. And I I don't know um, the, the way you keep reading. I don't really know if if, if any of the sports are are actually going to, you know, be, be able to go. You know, baseball. We we talked about putting a runner on second and starting the extra innings, I think is, is just horrific, but at least yeah. it's supposed to be baseball season. I mean, it's hockey is talking about starting their season, not next season, resuming last <laughs> season in August. It's like, yeah, you it's should stupid. be getting ready to go to training camp for next season. And it's like, I, I, I mean, I've always felt and been a big, hockey fan uh you know i had season tickets for the minnesota north stars the minnesota wild the university of minnesota hockey team but if anybody thinks that i mean the stanley cup was to me the hardest trophy to win because you know 80 hockey games in hockey you get beat up every night everybody on the team gets beat up and hit every night you got to go through an 80-game season, make the playoffs, and then t- win 28 more games to be called Stanley Cup champion. And now this truncated, you know, whatever, well, we'll have a best of five to see if you make the play. If anybody, you know, wants to say that if they're going to crown a Stanley Cup champion, boy, there better be an asterisk on that cup. I, I, I'm sorry because it, it's just – it's it's not – the same it's well, just all not the
2: sports,
3: yeah all the sports this year they i mean it's definitely going to be an asterisk because it's yeah it's just not the same and it's a different totally different format uh by the way different totally opposite take uh, dan roan says aew is definitely another version of wcw the shows are great since since in premiered i think he meant it since it premiered last year in 2019 i enjoy watching pro wrestling shows taking place without the crowds maybe someday the shows can accept donations over the internet if they wanted to because they're not making enough money off the attendance due to the pandemic that's one way of having the money rolling in besides selling merchandise you think you think ken will see WWE doing like a telethon on Raw, asking fans to send their their donations into this public company.
4: Well, they, aren't they kind of doing that now at nine ninety five a month? <laughs> I I think like he has been so many times. Vince
3: was kind of one step ahead of that game. Yeah, very very good.
4: Uh, Although right, that, let's, that's uh, a let's... an. It, Interesting take. That might be the first person I, I've heard say likes the matches better without crowds.
3: Here's uh, here's another comment, and I, I'm not sure how this ties into anything that we've talked about. Road to WrestleMania says, Cody gets a little too much credit when it comes to his business acumen. It's not even his company. It's Tony's daddy's money he's playing with. He's obviously referring to AEW a- and Cody Rhodes getting credit when uh, when it's actually uh, I forget the name. What's the name of the uh, of Tony Khan's father? Uh, Sheikh, Sheikh Khan, the billionaire that owns the Jaguars. Uh, yeah,
4: I'm 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 not sure of of his first name, so I don't want to m- mispronounce it, but hey, he's the billionaire owner of of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And for a while, while WWE was at the Performance Center, because the governor of Florida deemed, you know, he he couldn't say WWE was essential without allowing AEW, so they ran outdoors uh, by the Jaguar Stadium and and practice facility, Um, you know, and, I, I mean, he's got a point, I remember you and I talked about it, the very first AEW show I thought was great, it had a great look, I mean, it was really a great Hour and a half of 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 wrestling, and I remember you know after it debuted, we talked, and I said, you know, my biggest question is, it was great, I loved it. Can they sustain it? Well, right. kind of not not quite.
3: <laughs> not, not the case. Uh, one more, one more, and then we'll take some calls. Uh, we'll start with uh, we'll go Chris, and then uh, and then some others. Uh, so Bob Jones says it's the lack of the larger than life personalities and the lack of excitement leading from one show to another, whether that's the performer's fault or the booking to blame, who knows? And I think that's exactly what we've been talking about, uh, maybe summed up in a different way, but there is no excitement from one show to another, Ken. And, and I don't think it's the performer's fault. I think they're doing what they're told to do. And, I thought it might change with AEW because they have more creative license, but uh, I I think that in the WWE, if you actually had – some wrestling based writers to mix in with if the Hollywood people could stretch out a storyline, you had wrestling based writers writing reality based wrestling storylines and then the performers going out there and, and being themselves, you know, putting themselves in the character that might be the formula for success. But what do I know? I'm not a wrestling booker and I can't even sell T-shirts.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, as we talked about, there's not a lot of excitement from from one show to the next, and there's not a lot of continuity. So, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, uh, I'm beginning to think, you know, each week is is kind of like, you know, Law & Order SVU, that 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 show is just self-contained, that, you know, what happens in this week's show may have no relation to what happened in last week's show or what's going to happen in next week's show. That it's you know they keep talking about Monday Night Raw being the longest running episodic show, but it's not so much episodic anymore. It's just kind of three hours you know Monday night and we'll be back for three hours next Monday night.
2: Yeah,
3: right. No, it's 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 more like a, a sitcom that doesn't doesn't really build on each other. Uh, many times. All right, let's go to the phone, 657-383-1666. We'll spread these out a little bit uh, till the end of the show and talk to Chris. Uh, Ratboy, what is your so, – so, A, let me ask you, let me start by saying this. Are you as, a, as invested in the current product as you were back in the 80s or the 90s? So-so. Um, all right, so I tell me the difference. What 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 is different, and what what made you like the previous versions of wrestling better than today's version?
2: Put this way, you know, like ice cream bars. Remember them when they first came out? Mm-hmm. All right, I uh so good, okay. But now I, I just bought a box of these. uh the ice cream cookie sandwiches from the WWF. Okay. Well, when you uh, pull off the paper, paper the cookie comes with it. I said, forget it. I'm not buying these no more.
3: So so you think, is that, a, is that an indictment on the quality of of the product? Are you saying that they're, they're just not invested in quality at all? <laughs> the ice yeah, cream bars is a reflection is that...
2: on the product? The, the 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 ice cream bars were better than these ice cream cookie sandwiches because as you open them up, they melt right away. The ice cream bars is okay. thin. So on the product
3: side, or when when it comes to the wrestling product, what do you miss about the product from yesteryear that you're not getting today?
2: Oh, the big uh, the strong the, the 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 plastic on on, on the uh, on, on the on the guys because they were they're more heavier. Than 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 it because they're a lot lighter now.
3: So you think uh it's or it's not as Right the, the lack of, of heavyweights. Uh, you think there's too many right. too many cruiserweights. Got it. Got it. Yeah, and I, I I I appreciate that. I agree with that and I appreciate the call rap Boy. thank you very much. Uh, Ken, that's something else. You remember in the old days there used to be it used to be the heavyweight championship and it, the, the weight class was it went along with the title, and I think that in today's product, it's it's almost all cruiser weights. I mean, bronze, It's very rare to have heavyweights in the product today, and when you do, there's only a few of them. So, so you can't have an actual division, right?
2: Yeah,
4: that that would be pretty hard. Although I'm still trying to process how the ice cream bars factored into. <laughs> You know, the, today's product versus, uh, you know, old, old school. I, I might have missed something in that uh, connection. But if you think about it, the way they want the matches to proceed today, you know, with the high-risk, off-the-top, high-flying maneuvers, the the not cruiserweights, but, you know, the, the, the guys that are about two and a quarter and, and under – Perform that style much better, so that could be part of it too. That, that that's they fit what they want the matches to be now.
3: But why not go to like WCW did? It's it very very good formula where they had the heavyweights wrestling for you know the quote unquote heavyweight championship, and the cruiserweights had their own belt. And TNA did that with the X division as well. I I think you can do it the same way and still have fans of all of the different styles. MMA does it with different weight classes. I I think it can be done. And I mean, maybe it, maybe it's just, there's not as many, as many of the big guys as there used to be. And, and that's part of the problem. I don't know. Nikki B says, uh, yeah, it's just a combination of things. In my opinion, the writers, they have now sucked plain and simple. They don't cater to anyone's strength or even try. It's cookie cutter, no pun intended, rat boy. Uh the talent too, because some people instead of voicing their displeasure, they're just cool being on TV. Then of course everything has to be approved by Vince, who is nearly impossible to please, and really only once really only once what he wants. Only once he wants Okay. So yeah, that's why outside of maybe Bray Wyatt and we know they can mess him up. They don't have any actual stars. I, I, there's so many things uh, in that, and it wasn't very well written. So, Ken, I think part of
4: it, Bruce, I think part of it, one of the reasons you don't really see the, the separate divisions anymore is that back in the day, they could do a kind of cruiserweight or X division because they had enough stars that. They could still have star power within a, a lighter division, and as we as we've talked about with all the promotions, they're kind of over the top stars starved, so the, mm-hmm. they can't get them all They can't really get them into one division, have enough stars that people you know consider must watch. Let alone splitting them off. And I mean, WWF and and you know Vince. You know, tried it splitting off Raw and SmackDown, and I think they realized that even on those two, they didn't have enough star power. Where now they're just kind of back to to you know mixing everybody in and trying to mix people into to NXT as well. So I think the the what- biggest reason is is just lack of, of star power to create separate divisions.
3: But what about, and and we'll get to some more calls in just a second, what about making the different divisions the different brands? Like you could have the new style of acrobatics in NXT. You could have, you know, the women with uh, SmackDown and you have the heavyweights on Raw. Couldn't you do something like that?
4: Well, I think the problem is viewership is down as it is. And if you do that, uh, you're just going to alienate some other viewers yeah. that – Um, you know, maybe a lot of viewers like the big guys and don't like the smaller guys or some viewers like the, the women, but some don't like the women. So if you, if you would separate it like that, you'd be just alienating and cutting down your viewership on, on each of the shows.
3: Very, very true. Very true. Just trying to figure out the formula, Ken, let's go out to Las Vegas and say hi to Malcolm. Malcolm. Are you as big of a fan of today's product as you were back in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s?
2: I'll put it this way, Bruce. Um, I was five years old in 1968 in Vallejo, California. My dad just bought us a 19-inch TV with UHF capability. And on Channel 44, like the beginning my of a in my YP- book. We were watching The Adams Family, two episodes of The Munsters, and then Big Time Wrestling came on. And I loved Batman and The Three Stooges when I was a little boy, in The Adventures of Superman. So when I watched wrestling for the first time, and I saw Pat Patterson and Rocky Johnson, I just got wild. I was only five years old. My dad had to settle me down. I wanted to go to a live event. He wouldn't take me one time. When I got older, I made up to it. It made up for myself about it. I went to a match in El Paso, an NWA match that was just off the hook. And then I went to Korea. I was at Fort Bliss, and I went home for a month. And it was January. I thought it was January 24th. It was January 23rd, 1984. We had VIA in Napa, California, while I was at home. I was staying with my mom. She was going through a divorce with my dad at the time. And I was getting ready to go to Korea, and I was home for a month. And this match, Hulk Hogan was on there against the Iron Sheik. And I just, I was hooked, and I was upset because I had to go to Korea, and I missed everything. And I went in our library with Camp Stanton, and in there on the Sports Illustrated cover was Hulk Hogan's picture, okay? And,
5: uh,
2: you know, um, uh, um, all these great wrestlers, uh, Killer Kowalski, you know, uh, Bruno Sammartino, Ric Flair, Magnum T.A., Dusty Rhodes, you know, Derek and all these guys tell everybody, you know, uh if superstar Billy Graham would have been around when Hogan was around, you know, would have been a champion. Well, they had their moments, Bruce. And well, Hogan hold on, took hold it. On. You know,
3: I get it. I get it. And and you're you're very slightly off topic. And by the way, I thank you for your service, being that it was just Independence Day. Thank you very, very, very much. Uh, I, I, I know you sacrificed a lot. But but Malcolm the difference between today's product and the product of yesteryear, uh, are you as invested in today's product as you were back then?
2: Oh, hell yeah. There's a lot of great wrestlers today. There's the Miz, eight-time Intercontinental Champion. There's the Monster Among Men, the Monster in the Bank, Braun Strowman. Kirk White just met him and told him about me. I'm dying to meet the Monster Among Men. If he's trying to bring him out to a big-time wrestling event in the future so awesome. I can meet him in person. All right, and then very good. Very good. Just now, I appreciate
3: the call Malcolm. Okay. I, I appreciate the call. I got it. You, you do like today's product. You know, I think that if I was trying to get a theme Ken from that call, but it sounds like Malcolm is, is a fan of today's product and that's okay.
4: Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, we all love wrestling and, uh, if today, today's product is what it is. So you certainly want people to be, fans of it than than not because if there's no fans that'll be the end
3: let's go to our t-shirt winner from last week chris in minnesota chris are you a fan of the modern wrestling product as much as you were a fan of classic wrestling
0: no classic wrestling was much better you can relate to the wrestlers nowadays it's it's not the same
3: yeah, tell us what you miss about the product of yesteryear. We're trying to connect the dots and figure this out. What, what about today's product could be made better? So keep all of the conditions the same, because we can't change the fact that the media is all over the place. You have social media. You have all of this stuff on TV. How could you make the product the same as it was back in, in the older uh, generations, the older uh, Tough question,
0: product? Bruce, tough question. I mean back in the older days, I mean you could relate to the wrestlers, you could touch the wrestler. I remember going down to the civic center and say the Road Warriors came out. We used to run to the, you know, ring, try and touch them and, you know, get a high five and stuff like that. Today's wrestlers now, I mean, they hop on a plane when they're done with the match and away they go. Back in the day, the Road Warriors Hop in, uh, you know, shower, and maybe go to the bar next next block over or something that you can maybe see them. Today you can't see them anymore as it was back in the day. Yeah,
3: yeah. and Ken, if you think about the conventions right when when we actually had conventions i think part of the reason that people go to conventions is the bar the night before they get to hang out with the, their favorite stars that they got to watch on tv from yesteryear or even you know from today and you have a drink and just be around the the talent and i think back in the day these guys used to drive from town to town in cars and travel together and You know, they really spent a lot of time getting to know each other and get to know the fans. Do you think that's part of what's missing from the product, Ken Resnick?
4: Oh, I I think so. And and Chris is right. I mean, in the old days, uh, when my time in the AWA, the wrestlers were very cognizant of interacting with the fans on the way to the ring, in the ring. I mean, there's some wrestlers that would get in the ring, sign autographs. Uh, before the match started. And remember Eddie Sharkey said the same thing that, you know, back in the day, you'd ride with somebody for five, six hours in the car. You'd get to know them, bond with them. But most importantly, you develop a trust factor. And I, I think uh, Chris is right. There, there isn't the fan interaction anymore. I mean, if you think about it, uh, one of the great things about Major League Baseball, you'd go and before the game, you'd see guys up on the railing signing autographs, signing baseball for fans. You know, in basketball and hockey, obviously with the glass, that can't happen. Football really doesn't happen. But that connection, I think, is 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 just not there between the fans and the wrestlers and between the wrestlers themselves. And you're right. Uh, you know, when I did the, uh, the gathering last year for our friend Martin D'Amato, uh, well, the things that fans really loved were the Q&A sessions where yeah. they could go in and the wrestlers would just take their questions and talk to them. And, I mean, they did it where, you know, because they sold autographs and photos and things later, you, you couldn't take, you know, pictures together. You could take pictures of them up on stage. But those Q&As were packed because they loved the interaction.
0: It was yeah. big back then. And I think the wrestlers back then maybe had more of a, a passion for wrestling because that may not have been their only job. Where today, now the wrestlers, that's all they do. They travel back and forth, back and forth. Or back in the day, or some of these independent wrestling organizations, these guys may just wrestle, and they go to a 9-to-5 job, you know, the next Monday or something like that. So they have, you know, more invested in it. Today's wrestlers, like I said, they just hop on a plane, get service, go to the next ring in, in Charlotte or Tampa or whatever else, you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're there. Back right. in no, the wrestlers didn't have that.
3: And great call as always, Chris, thanks for the call. We're running out of time uh, and uh and your shirt is uh, is going to be on its way. so I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you uh you uh, winning that that contest because the the spare of the moment contest we had last week you're you're always a great caller, so thank you uh let's uh let's round it out. Ken. we'll bring it home with uh, with our favorite granny. Are you as big of a fan as the product today, Granny uh, Granny Holkster from the great state of Arkansas, are you as big of a fan of, of the product today as you were of the product from, let's say, 20 or 30 years ago?
5: Well, it's okay. I mean, but I'm more of a fan. I mean, I love the old school. And the reason why I say that, Bruce, is because um, – Last year, when my husband and I got to meet Ron Simmons and Tony Atlas in uh, at an autograph signing, Ron Simmons, and this was a what he said personally to me, he said, Granny, you are that type of fan that we so loved back in the day that we don't see anymore, and I liked the last gentleman, Chris. I liked what he was saying about the interaction, because yeah. Ken, I mean, being the Ken knows me too well. You know, when TCW ran, yes, it was an independent organization, but I was able to meet a lot of big-time stars through that, through TCW. And I always, you know, we did, they did TV taping, so being the fan that I am and great, I love the interaction, and Ken knows that. I mean, Ken knows that probably better than anybody else. Uh, you know, or anybody that knows me knows that I love the interaction. But I remember a match where Titan was wrestling Mr. Saturday Night Michael Berry, and Titan had Michael Berry in a in a choke slam hold on the top ring rope. He threw Michael Berry through a table. And immediately, the camera came to the crowd. I'm standing there with my left hand over my heart and my right hand over my mouth going, (gasps) and I let out this great big gasp, you know, because I always tried to make it fun because Colonel Parker, when he was over TCW, he's like director of operations, he always made sure that I was in the front row, in the center seat, facing the camera. And the only TV episodes that I was not a part of was obviously the shows that we didn't get to go to for TCW, but I'm on a lot of those. My family and I are on a lot of those episodes. So, I mean, but as far as, you know, the quality today, I mean, I don't think the promos are as good as what they used to be. You know, back, you know, old school wrestling, I think the promos are... Storylines aren't as great as they used to be. <clears throat> I mean, you know, and I just, you know, I get and and hopefully we're going to be able to start having some independent shows here in Arkansas and Oklahoma again very very soon. You know, because of the COVID nineteen. God and I'm, willing, i am will, I'm, yeah. spo- I'm supposed to be going to one July 25th, yeah. and I yep. can't well, wait hope, because
3: hopefully. Hopefully the pandemic but, uh, <clears throat> loosens up a little bit. But I gotta, I gotta go, Granny. Thank you for the call. I God bless and hang in there. And hopefully we get live wrestling back soon. Yeah, Ken. The theme love it, uh, Granny. with Granny was, yeah, we do love Granny and and we thank her for hanging in there. Uh, but but I agree. You know, she's talking about the interaction that's not there. And uh, but but some of the other stuff she said is is very on point as well. With uh, with just um, you know the the feel of the product you know it's just it's not it's not the same it doesn't have that that feel where you just you're into it and the the crowd's into it and hanging on everything and it's uh, it's just not there because people are just popping for moves you know it's all about the quality of the match so uh, I think that's what I took out of that well, great great feedback tonight Ken I think we're solving the problems of uh, wrestling ratings. And if, if this goes well, you know, if, if the WWE and AEW take notes from what we said and what the caller said today, I guarantee rating success in the future. Don't you think?
4: Oh, uh, remember how we talked about trying to be ground in reality.
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Next week, next week, uh, next week we're we're going to have a guest for you again after we took a couple weeks of off and and did some topical discussion uh can tell us one more time about our guest next week don't miss it july fifteenth nine thirty eastern time live right here in the v o c nation radio network
4: one of the all time legendary women wrestlers the the great the outspoken. Uh, she's probably forgotten more about the business than than Bruce and I together even know the legendary Malia Hasaka will join us on Wrestling with History one week from tonight.
3: One week from tonight. And remember, also next week we're going to launch the contest, so make sure you go out and get your t-shirt from VOCNation.com. Pick any one of the shirts that are out there. You got Shelly, you got uh, just Call Kathy, you got Brady's Ugly Picture, you got Ken, you got King David Lane Wrestling with Problems uh, t-shirt. There's a bunch of shirts out there. We want your creative poses in your shirt up on Twitter or social media of some sort. If you have no social media, just email me, bruce at vocnation.com. That's the worst way. You probably won't win that way, but we'll take all, all, all all applications and uh you have a chance to win uh a good bit of money so we'll get all the details out to you next week that's it for today a little bit overtime sorry about that killer ken will pay you overtime don't worry for killer ken resnick my name is the voice of choice bruce Wirt. we'll be back next week right here on wrestling with history in the voc nation
0: radio Network. Hey, what's up everybody? This is Xbox and you're listening to VOC
4: Nation. Hey, this is Total Package Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out.
3: The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is... The VOC
1: Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room. Every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Brady Hicks, former WCW star, Stroh Maestro, Cassie Fist, Matt Grimm. And you know where there too, right, Ray? We sure are. And we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings and then (laughs) uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous.
0: We were getting into like snuff film territory there.
1: In the room,
0: nine PM Eastern on VOC Nation.
4: Yo, this is Jerry Steig of the Nasty Boys.
6: VOC Nation hosts include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer, The Maestro, former Impact performer, Wes Frisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor, Brady Hick; and former Philadelphia radio personality, Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Ding, Mick Foley, Joey Stiles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOC Phil Apter has been in the pro
3: wrestling business for over 50 years.
1: Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1",
3: 255.
0: Well, I think uh, um, I don't know what to say, but I I want to say one thing that Bruno was an Olympic champion.
3: Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time.
1: This is the after, and once again we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Didn't
0: have anything to do.
1: Well, yes, but the whole thing is this: the rules, as I always understood and wanted to, the title could only be lost by pin or submission which is the same rules as uh, my title the World War Wrestling Federation that night uh, it was
3: To sign up it's very simple head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com vocnation vocnation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history
1: Each and every Thursday night